you guys, what's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Ms. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the I'd Rather Anime Podcast number 47. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather animate with us. So, today is a special episode of the podcast because we have a guest with us today. Her name is LaCase, and she's absolutely wonderful. And... We are going to be talking about Akira. So, yeah. So for those who haven't heard much about Akira, um, it's a anime movie that came out in 1998. 98? No, no, my bad. 1988. Yes, that's correct. It's, it's that. even older. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's actually set in 2019, and we're in 2020, so that was a little awkward. Yeah. Um, we watched it dubbed. I mean, obviously, there's a sub version. It's available to watch on both Hulu and Amazon. And it's like a sci-fi, cyberpunk-style um, anime movie. Um, yeah. You want to tell them a short description of what it's about before we get into the nitty-gritty? So, the description, and I'm not even going to pretend like I made this up. It is straight from Bing. I have no idea where Bing got it from, so... I think it got it from IMDB, but that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. The description is... A secret military project in dangerous Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging, psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by two teenagers in a group of psychics. That's the whole description. Yeah. So. And just to be clear, we hadn't read any type of description for it before we started watching it. Nope, just went into it blind. So, <laughs> ha! Yes, upon the case's recommendation, we just, just, just decided to watch it and, um... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a ride. It was a ride. Just jump right in. So, oh. <laughs> um, so I guess before we get into this, LaCase, you watched it first. You are the experienced Akira uh, watcher. You've had more time you know, than oh maybe figure out right. what, what actually right, I, I, and You recommended this to I us. Did. And we took you on good faith. <laughs> it just warped, warped your whole perspective. So can you explain to us what we experienced? <laughs> I'll do my best. Because oh sorry, um, I'll do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Very best. <laughs> we were confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it is. There's so much to it. Okay. I mean, the, the manga series I think had like six. not even gonna lie. We watched it and we were just like, we both stopped talking at the same time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, go, you go ahead you go ahead you go ahead no i was just saying we watched it and we were both like we watched it. it's two hours and so we watched it for two hours and then at the end the credits came on and then we looked at each other we were like do you know what, what just happened, happened? <laughs> i don't and uh, like, i don't know what we just watched like, i don't know if like i don't know did you slip drugs into my meal like i i, I I'm, I'm really confused on what just happened. It was a little literal trip. Yeah, it was it you. was a trip, for sure. Oh, it definitely is. My, I, so that was our impression. Mm-hmm. I I know it's funny. I watched it on the recommendation of my brother, and um, I had to watch it again because I was like, you guys. After I watched, it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what was that? And why was it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just trying to understand where it was coming, but I why? think on that's second, a good question, right? Right. The, the overarching why, um, but on second viewing, a lot of those things sank in better for me. Um, 
yeah, it, it really is a trip. I, now that you've watched it, I should have had you. I should have told you guys to read the manga first. But I felt like just jump in, <laughs> try like get in the world. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a lot. There's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, I, I again on second viewing, I really enjoyed it because I, I finally understood where it was where where we were being led. Can you help us understand where we were led? <laughs> I want to know where we went. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come with me upon the yellow brick road to the cyberpunk world of Japan. Um, yeah, so for, in my in my opinion, the film, like you guys said, it follows a young like teenager, I think fifteen year old um, Tetsuo, who is experimented upon by the military. Um, he has these type like psychokinetic powers. He can create energy blasts and transform. Um, so the titular Akira was a, a child who the, the um, military experiments upon and he destroyed Tokyo. So the Tokyo we're seeing in 2019 is Neo-Tokyo. This is in the aftermath of what Akira did. And it's like this bright, fast-paced, um, kind of cold. And like, we, we, we see it in the light, but it, it, it's jarring in the light. So it's usually like... The city is dark and there are these kids on motorcycles who are in their, these various gangs. Um, I love that it's juxtaposed with Japan is hosting very like prophetically. Japan is going to be hosting the 2020 Olympics in the film. So um, I like that prescience. But um, uh, it's just like this. These kids are living with like no guidance. The city's a wreck. But they're also like trying to revamp it to host the Olympics. You know, so it was kind of like those two those two competing worlds and in the middle of it is Tetsuo the young boy who discovers he has these like um, psychokinetic powers and you know when you couple that power with someone who's been disenfranchised what does that look like um and I think pretty realistically it looks like even more destruction and rage and so his best friend Kaneda is trying to stop him and then we find out there are these other psychic kids who um were contemporaries of Akira but who remain children it's nuts like it's so good I, I know it sounds nuts to your listeners but I really recommend it because it just it feels so current you know what I mean <laughs> now I will agree with that because like for me yeah. and it's kind of crazy like the most enjoyable part of this whole movie wasn't even necessarily the story with the psychic powers it was really like how they showed the city and the thing that kind of struck me that I was like I want to talk to uh to Mr. Otaku about it when we were watching it, but he was like, "No, we're not pausing it. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to save it all for the podcast." <laughs> yeah, so I can now talk about it freely. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when I was watching it, I was like, I was completely sort of not taken aback, but kind of like shocked by how much they displayed the like the nitty grittiness Ooh. of the city and like. I, what I loved about this, and I think it's interesting because I feel like like current anime has gotten away from this. Like when you get into bad situations, people beat the crap out of you. Like <laughs> yes. they're not talking, they're not letting you get up off the ground. Like once you hit the ground, homie, they're like pounding you, they're stomping you into the ground. They're yes. not letting you get back up. There's no like honor among warriors. There's none of that. Like it's Mm-mm. real. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yes. And like even with. Um, when Tetsuo was trying to run away with, oh, and this, to be fair, I'm gonna say this. 
this is your spoiler warning. If you are listening to this and you haven't seen Akira, then we recommend that you stop the podcast here, oh, yeah. go watch it, and then come back later. Yeah. If you don't care about spoilers, then great on you. But <laughs> this is going to be full of spoilers for Akira, although it came out in the 80s, so it's not really spoilery. Just yeah. throwing that out there. <laughs> okay, now that that's out of the way, <laughs> I can say this really. Um... When Tetsuo was running away and he had the girl on the back of the bike and then the gang came up and they just like straight beat the crap out of her. Yes. It's just like, I wasn't expecting that because that's not like, the type of thing. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, but it's just like, that's what happens in real life when you hang out with unsavory people and you can't protect yourself. Like you are the target. Yeah. You are the one who gets hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And I just really loved how, like this, like I said, like the city and how very... I guess real it was because like these kids are teenagers and the thing about it is like no matter your circumstances teenagers are going to be teenagers kids are going to be kids and they're still going to want to have fun they're still want to go want to go out they're still going to want to like push the rules push the boundaries they're still going to want to think outside the box they're still going to be want to be more than what they're given because that's how you feel mm-hmm. when you're a teenager yeah and i like that even though the city is like dark and grungy and they're like these kids don't even go to school they go to what they call an institution where it's just like this is the end of the line if you mess up again you're just straight yep. up going to prison the only yep. reason you're here is because you're a juvenile and like when they yeah. mess up they go to the office and like the <laughs> gym coach literally punches them so hard they have blood and teeth spewing out of their mouth like this is not a fun yes. place to be it's you know not, but awful i mean <laughs> talk about the child discipline that and right? they're still reckless and they're <laughs> still awful children <laughs> they're still in games yes. and like going out and beating people with with pipes and blowing cars yes. up and like all like, this crazy stuff and that means how casually they just went around like hitting people while they were on a motorcycle you know how hard you get hit do you <laughs> if you and then they're like, like knocking people off their motorcycles and like blowing like running them into walls and stuff is just like casually blowing up and they're like completely unfazed by this yeah this dude literally had his arm run over yeah. on a motorcycle and this is like in the first 10 minutes of the movie you guys yeah. this isn't like deep into the movie like no the first thing you see is they hop on a bike they're like oh the clowns are out they go get on their bikes they get their little pipes and they start beating the crap out of each yes. other and then this guy he's on a bike he jumps off this bike runs up to the guy and you're about to be like oh snap he's about to do something amazing nah homie yeah. driving the bike headbutts him off the bike yeah. and then he falls and then he proceeds to run over his arms yes. and leave nuts. him in the middle of the street it's nuts <laughs> what got me is like when the, when the scene was going down or whatever um back more towards the beginning when the clowns first came out or whatever, there was this couple and they were in a restaurant and they were eating. And then they heard about the clowns coming and everybody just started like running. And the dude's like, hey, waiter. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why are they running? They're inside. And then all of a sudden, the bike just crashes through the window yes, and do. just runs yep. the dude over. And I'm yes. just like, yes. oh, snap. It's like, that waiter knew something you didn't, sir. <laughs> you should have listened. Because right. honestly, if I'm in a restaurant and my server looks out the window and he just straight up runs, I'm a duck. I'm gonna do something like, wait a second, where are you going? Yeah, I'm not gonna be like, waiter. No, no. Like, let me just find my lesson. Right. You see them run, you run. <laughs> just run. It's true. And I, what, what kills me is that oh, everybody sad. seems so desensitized to it. Like, this is daily life. Like, this just happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's scary, but I also love that because 
what the whole part about the war and the revolution and all of this stuff going on it's just like that is a very real thing because like people out here living their lives yeah. and there there could be like a war going on down the street and people will separate themselves and be like hey that has nothing to do with me i'm going to live my life mm. and my my business yeah and that i think that's one of the things that makes the interaction between canada and k so great because oh yeah he they both end up in jail for like reasons Mm -hmm. and uh, she's part of the revolution and he's just part of a biker gang and honestly he was in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah and that's just kind of what it boils down to for him and his friends and he sees her and he's like oh she's cute like hey she's with us and you said we can go so we're gonna take her with you mm. with us and they're so busy they're like fine take her whatever we don't care and so it's the minute he gets out he's like starts spitting game like yeah. hey so like why don't we like get out of here we can go catch a couple of yeah, you know, we can hang out just see what you know see what's mm -hmm. up we can shoot the breeze and she's just like at hard pass right <laughs> like right. no he's just like wait hold up a second and then she's like at her revolutionary people like what's up what's the game plan we got steps for this their protocol i gotta get back into the game you know the revolution doesn't stop right you know and he's in that like mindset i was like that's perfect because that's how it is in real life yeah there's, there's no rest you know yeah. like no rest but the thing, I will say this. I did not understand Kaneda's obsession with Kay. Like, I ain't never seen somebody so cute that you about to enter a war and start killing people for them. And right. you don't even know their full name. Yeah, it was like, you just... She's giving you, you a letter, homie. Like, a letter. Right. And you, you ready to kill people right. and go to war for her. Well, you know... It's like, I ain't never seen nobody that cute. Uh, never okay. in my... Well, maybe a couple people, but... Uh, <laughs> one or two. <laughs> I can name a couple names. But you know what I was kind of thinking? That's such a good point to bring up. It, I looked at Kaneda and Kay as... Um, those are like the diverging paths you can take when you're faced with what seems like a hopeless existence. One path is the revolution. The other path is just nihilism. So it felt like uh, Kaneda was more obsessed with the fact that Kay gave a damn, like that she had hope, if that makes sense. It's like, like she's the only person, that, that that's what I liked about their interaction. Mm -hmm. But but I mean, because it didn't make sense for me to be so obsessed with her, like just like based on like attraction. It, it felt like it had to be something deeper. Oh, we froze. What, what, what'd you guys hear? Sorry, my mind froze. It cut out for a sec. I think part of that cut out, but it sounded like you were saying that, um, Kay, what Kaneda liked about Kay is that she was hopeful and that their interaction was more than just him being attracted to her, that it was on a deeper level. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes, that's, that's what I was That's what I was saying. Oh, good. I'm glad you caught that. I was like, oh, no, I, I said something smart for the first time in days. I actually like that. That thought of that because that makes so much more sense about why he would be so obsessed with her and i guess in a situation like his where he's you know it sounded like and i could be wrong because like i said i'm able to pretend like i understood that trip that i took by the end <laughs> but it sounded like him and tetsuo met each other and like essentially what's an orphanage yes you know yeah. like they were literally dropped off and nobody wanted them yeah. and so that's why they bonded and then they continued to be friends but like they were in a place and they weren't offered a whole lot of positive choices yeah. to make. And so that's how they ended up where they were. And I feel like 
considering what you just said, maybe it's the thing of Kaneda felt like he had never been offered another option. Yes. And then he met Kay and then he realized that he could make his own option. Yes. He could make you his know? own way. Definitely. He didn't have to follow the path that was laid out for him. Because the way he was going, he's like, he's just going to end up in a prison somewhere once he becomes of age. Mm-hmm. You know? And it just seemed like he didn't I'm not going to say he didn't want that, but the interaction between him and Kate and then him and the other girl, like she didn't even have a name, but just, you know, the delinquent girls who were also at the institution who were hanging over the guys in the biker gang. Mm -hmm. And you could tell like, this is just something they do. What it brought me to mind of, and I know this is crazy, you haven't seen it, but uh, Grease with uh, Danny and Sally. Uh That's what it reminded me of, of uh, the pink what is it the oh i can't remember their name oh the pink ladies they were the pink ladies yes they reminded me of the pink ladies and they just like hang out with the bad boys mm-hmm. who were all cool and stuff and they just hang out with them and you know they all have their little pairing offs you know who's who's yours and yeah. you stay in your lane <laughs> yep you know yeah and the girl who was hanging on Kaneda, she was like why are you acting different like this isn't you and then like they're out and about on like i guess a group date or a group outing i don't know what you call it in the 80s yeah, he but... just like doesn't care anymore. And he doesn't care anymore he's like obsessed with Kay. he's like he's seen <laughs> right. it's like he's seen the light and he's just like yeah nah i'm not interested in you like there's another yep. option out here that I hadn't realized, you know. Yeah, yeah, so totally. I totally. I thought see that, that was kind of, and I, I kind of like that too because you, even though, here's the thing that got me about this movie. I didn't know who the main character was, and that was kind of disorienting because it's like, are we following Tetsuo and his spiral into oh. villainhood? Are we following Akira and him trying to save his friend? Are we following Kay and her part in the revolution? Are we just seeing a slice? Yeah of this world like what is the purpose of this movie and thing that i guess is kind of disorienting about akira for me is you don't get that perspective you don't know who's the good guy who's the bad guy who's right and who's wrong because for most of the movie Mm. i didn't understand what the revolution was about yeah you know i just knew that there was a revolution Mm -hmm. and the thing about wars specifically revolutionary ones is it's about the cause and what you're trying to accomplish because it's not necessarily right or wrong, but when you don't understand it, yeah. it's just a war. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. seems like madness and craziness, and it's just like yeah, but all the stuff is going on. You don't understand why. Yeah, and for me, I was like, and again, drawing connections to real life, it just kind of reminded me of stories of people talking about like the Vietnam War and how there are a lot of college students who are protesting and who weren't for it and how much brutality police brutality there was because in this movie there's a lot of police brutality and you get it off the jump yes like they're beating people on the ground they are knocking them out they're arresting them they're They're like people they're they're literally beating people to death they're throwing smoke bombs in the middle of the street creating blockades like it is it's not if for american listeners it's one of those things where it's hard for us to imagine because there's never been an actual war on american soil since the revolutionary war and what none of us around for that but <laughs> it's just like to actually understand that you're in your house you're in your space you're minding your business and literally two blocks over there's a blockade and people are dying and yes. there's an actual war going on not like a stone's throw away from you absolutely you know that's kind of like an 
an intense thing. And this is the daily lives for these people. It's yeah, not like something normal. you hear about. Yeah. Or you can just yeah. shut the TV off and go on. So I thought that was kind of like, I had a point and I forgot, but it, is, <laughs> it, it, it makes you think. <laughs> it does. I will say that like, it was confusing as hell, but like, it really makes you think about things. Oh, my point was, I got kind of off topic, but the point of all of that was, is that when you have things like that, you don't really understand who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And so when you watch the movie and you're getting all the perspectives of it, you the characters become really humanized because you can see the choices that they're making mm. and how from their perspective, they're making the one that's best for them. Like even Tetsuo, it's like, he's a small kid. He's been bullied all of his life. He's always had an inferiority complex, even though Kaneda has genuinely yes. tried to be nothing but his friend. He's always felt less than. Yeah. And so when he gets these powers, he's like, okay, I'm no longer less than. Now you have to get on my level. Yeah. And even though people no, are warning yes. him, like you're going to spiral out of control. You're going to lose the power. You're going to literally destroy everything. He's like, I don't really care because I have this power now. And now that I've tasted it, I can't stop. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Even if that means mm -hmm. that like he's going after Akira, he doesn't even know anything about no, Akira. He has no idea why. He just knows that somebody told him, you can't, you don't, you shouldn't. And he was like, but I am. Exactly. You know? Yes. It's and like he's a teenager. Test. He's 15. Mm -hmm. And the minute you tell a teenager you can't do anything, that's, that's the, the thing that I'm going to do. the first thing they want to do. Absolutely. I have no reason why other than you told me not to. <laughs> right so and, and and then that is his undoing unfortunately um yeah it's it's a shame yeah and one of the things that i i guess and this is like i'm gonna chalk it up to it just being anime it's just like or maybe it's the japanese culture i don't know but like how people in anime specifically care don't give up on their friends mm. it's just like wow because like let me be honest i mean just straight up honest i am not that person <laughs> right we can be cool our entire lives. We can be friends for 20 right. years. You go psychotic crazy on me and start blowing shit up. Oh, I'm sorry. You start blowing stuff up and then you start like trying to kill me. And then you start like trying yeah, to go after no secret <laughs> government facilities. I I'm out of here. I've never known you. We're not friends. <laughs> I'm not going to chase after you. Be like, Tetsuo, come back. Tetsuo. Nah, homie. You do you. All right. <laughs> We you made different life decisions. We so I know who's not bailing me out. <laughs> you went missing. I looked for you. I found you. I didn't like what I found. And that's it. That's I'm going thing. the other way. And that's the thing about Canada. It's like, I rescued you once. And then you went back. That is on you. You made a conscious decision yep. at that point. I can't help you no exactly. more. I'm done. But to be fair, the second time he was more about helping Kay than helping Tetsuo. He was just like, oh, yeah. she's just like, oh, I just ended up in the same place. Yeah. So might as well help you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I know you. You're still acting very psychotic. And now you have these powers that are really out of control. Yeah. Hmm. The part that I wasn't expecting was for Kay to get, like, involved in it the way that she did. And for her to get, like, be used or whatever. And I was just like, wait a second. Like, me personally... I would stop hanging out with Kaneda because everybody he hangs out with either gets killed or abducted. Mm -hmm. And it's just that's like, true. that's really not a good, it's bad good luck. track record. Bad luck. <laughs> like, right. What is it about you to get the people around you abducted? <laughs> you know? Yes. But 
but all in all I will say it was a deeply interesting movie confusing very yeah especially when he started like hallucinating and like his guts came out like at that point I was just like what in the world is going on I was just like no <laughs> yeah like this is not okay <laughs> like it's just guts just came out of the but floor. can you imagine watching him like he falls to the ground he's grabbing his head and all of a sudden he's just like, oh. and then he starts like <laughs> yes like whoa it's like, 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 like what are you doing and you see how like in his mind like his insides are falling out he's trying to right? grab them and it's like really if your insides are falling out homie what you gonna do about that you can put them back in but I mean but if you see him come out you're gonna just be like what's going on like you're not supposed to be coming out like what's like what do you do but what I didn't understand, and I really still don't understand, is the part and purpose that these other... You call them little children, and I, the whole time I just thought they were aliens. <laughs> yeah, to me <laughs> they were aliens. And I was like, what is your purpose? Yes. Like, how are you playing in this? Oh my gosh. Like, what is the larger goal that you're trying to get here? Because it seems like they were trying to get Akira back, and then they were like, but if we go toward the light, we'll be... You'll be What? What? I know. I don't even understand why you're here. I don't understand yeah, what you're doing. Definitely. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> it can be so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I have to admit, I did a lot. I do a lot of research afterwards to to understand just what the bleep was was meant by them. Because um, they do look like aliens, or like they look like withered shells. You know, they don't look like people anymore. And um, yeah, they they look. Yeah, blue. they're like. With gray white hair and it's just they look really they old. Did. They look well, old. What's crazy? They're like old, creepy yes. children. Well, and then when I when I read that they were, well, I mean, you learn in the movie that they were with Akira, so like they've just been experimented on and like kept in this childlike state while their bodies are dying. It's just like, oh, why, 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 why? Okay, so that's way creepier <laughs> than I thought. I just thought they were funny no, looking aliens, bonafide people, but, um, <laughs> legitimate people. <laughs> That, that's actually like way worse right mm -hmm. it's so so and bizarre what else did your research tell you because uh cause if you can illuminate <laughs> yeah what else you got in your mysteries. research oh yeah let me, let me let me give it to you guys uh, <laughs> um <laughs> well um the writer well i think it's so cool it's written by and directed by the author and illustrator of the manga katsuhiro otomo and um he was trying to capture uh, the Japan he saw, like, just this, like, this fast pace, like, people living in this fast pace alongside people who have, like, very little and are disillusioned. Um, <clears throat> I think I, I remember reading recently that suicide rates are incredibly high in Japan, especially young, uh, among young men, just because of this, this standard of, um, like, this go, go, go standard that we Americans are also hurtling towards but he was trying to capture that feeling and uh i think a really smart thing he did was showing it through the children um whether it be tetsuo kaneda or these what they're, they're called espers those three like green alien looking kids they are literally like they're supposed to be the future but they've been kept physically in the past um and emotionally stunted and like it's it's just showing how the world around these kids siphons all of what makes them good. It, it like just leeches everything away until there's nothing left. And um, 
that I think is why I like this film, even though it's it's bananas. It makes it's so hard to understand, I think, on first viewing. Um, but what I really enjoy about it is the way that it does kind of confront the way that we handle and deal with our children, if that makes sense. Um, the ways that we don't deal with our children, but like you guys said, they're, they're thrown in this juvenile center where they're like their books are ripped up, the classroom's a mess, the teacher's asleep. Um, they just have they have nothing. They have nothing to look forward to. Um, and it's just going through the motions, even if the, your emotions are being in a gang or your emotions are being uh, part of the revolution. Like they're just going through the motions to survive. And I think that's why I I was so excited to talk about it just because it, it is weird and it is hard to, to stomach. But I feel like it's saying something that everybody needs to hear on some level. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. Like just on the level of the school, it's just like you that is a you have to understand that when you watch the movie if you haven't watched it or if you have seen it it's like that is a place where you have given up it's not a school it's literally a place to go yeah. during the day so that because you have to yeah, there's no like, teacher there's no care there's no love there's nobody trying even the one yeah. person who is like trying to like give something he's like if i fail shop class like they're gonna put me out and i'm gonna go to prison so like hand mm. me the thing mm -hmm. and i'm gonna try something you know it's literally like a last ditch effort to not yeah. go to prison and it's a very hopeless scenario because it's still at the end of the day they call it an institution but like you're still going to age out of it at some yes. point like you yeah. can't stay forever and it's a very a very bleak thing because it's just like even if you wanted to try even if you wanted to make yourself better you have no way to do so in the environment that you're given mm. and if you do it's going to be a hard uphill battle because no one's going to want to see you do well no one's going to want to help you do well even the yeah. teachers quote unquote i put those in air quotes because they're they're more like wardens in a prison mm -hmm. than actual teachers that's you know? how it is in the institution yeah <laughs> so it's just like there's there, there's really that but I also find it interesting and I thought this was really interesting at the beginning and I did mention this to Mr. Otaku is how this movie with the very first scene it shows you the date it's January, March, April, May, June, July, July yeah. 16th, 1988 yes. and the that's when Akira destroys Tokyo the first time and then it jumps to 2019 yep. and at the time in the 80s that's like 40, 50 years in the future. So, like, at the time, this movie was... 35 years ago. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> Whatever, we know this. She said that's like 100 years. It doesn't matter. At the time it was written, it's like... But keep in mind that the person who writ this, wrote this is, like, probably 40. So, like, for yeah. them, 40 years or 35 years in the future is the end of their life. Yeah. You know, that's a long time in the future for them. And so it's like you're in 2019, which, again, is ironic because, right. you know, we're in 2020 now. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of interesting to see how much of that has actually come to to be. Mm -hmm. But then I was watching it. And it's so interesting to me when you watch things that were made in older time periods that are like predicting to what things are going to be like in the time period we actually live in. And then the thing that got me and it's so minimal, but I thought it was hilarious when you see the news anchor woman, right? She is wearing a jacket and that jacket has shoulder pads. <laughs> and it's just like, no matter how much you make predict the awesome technology, the right. awesome motorcycles, right. the monitoring of Big Brother, 
you can't forget the fashion and, the, and like the fashion in this show is so 80 so 80. and it's hilarious because like nobody in the show wears jeans everybody has in a tucked in shirt everybody is like wearing like shoulder pads <laughs> and like they're just so like it's 80s fashion and you can't predict stuff like that and I, that disconnect is so funny and nobody has a cell phone nobody like, yeah. yeah and that's yeah like, they're still using landlines <laughs> they're still using landlines they like they the televisions are old and glitchy. They're really small. Nobody has a flat screen. Nobody yeah, has... They're still thick at the back, you know? But yeah. at the same time, you can drive down the street and see, like, holograms. Yeah, you can see holograms and stuff. Right. And then You're... the thing that also got me was the sign, right? He's, he's looking at these reports, you guys, and he has paper. Mm. Like... Yeah. What? Who He's sitting here paper? like reading lines. He's reading lines <laughs> out of this machine that's printing a whole bunch of paper. And I'm like, nobody uses that. Right. Like, like, I haven't right? seen a look of paper. The only reason I see paper is because I'm a writer. Okay? If I did literally anything else, because Mr. Otaku, let me tell you, if I let him, there'd be no paper in this house. We wouldn't even have sticky notes. I mean, there's <laughs> no reason. Really. There's no reason. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, so, like, and the whole not keeping in touch with people, like there's no social media at all in this movie. Mm-hmm. So like the the concept of not being able to keep in touch with people, of not knowing what's going on second by second, because that's the other thing about the Revolutionary War. You, like in today's age, if you are uninformed, that is a choice. Yeah. And I say that because you have so much information at the edge of your fingertips yes. that it's just like, if there was a war going on, you would know about it. Like, yeah. you know everything about the little minute nuances of celebrities' lives. Like, if there was something major happening, everyone's going to be talking about it. And it's going to be a plethora of information to choose from. And so, Kaneda's stance that he's like, he didn't know what was going on. Yep. It's like, that would never happen. 2019 in actuality so that in and of yeah, itself is just there was no like, internet in this movie there's no internet there's no connectivity and then like part of that could maybe be chalked up to tokyo being blown up and the infrastructure and all that but sure no like in when this movie was written it's like, like they didn't conceive exist. that that we would have what we have yeah know? like check this out hey google when was google founded September 4th, 1998, Menlo Park, CA. Yeah. So this movie was 10 years before Google. Good night. So they had no way of knowing that Google would come take over the world. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> so, and the, I mean, it's just the fact that you're talking to your computer and it's talking back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. And it's like, and it's so crazy because it's like, even now, like, because. Um, I guess kind of deviating from the point is like both the case and I are writers yeah. and so it's like for me it, it's like I like to write things set in the future and she likes to do historical fiction which I think is a cool comparison because it's just like when you're here and you look back it's like man this is how things really were but then it was like when you try to write in the future it's like you can only go based off of what you know exactly. what you've lived what, what you've and seen. it's just like it could be it could be completely different because I'm sure people who lived in the 1800s never thought there would be a day when you'd be, we'd be talking to each other across the country. We've never met. We're just having a casual conversation about some uh, something we watched yeah. that originated in a different country in a different yes. language. Yeah. You yes. know? This whole scenario is uh, it's like it's, amazing yeah. in and of mm-hmm. itself. And the fact that we could do it with ease, like we just a couple of clicks and then we're good yep. to go. 
you know, minus a couple clicks because we had to. <laughs> but still, uh, you but get still some clicks. Yeah. The fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the fact that the biggest issue is that my clicks didn't work. Not the fact that I had to like try to figure out how to get to her in California or how to get her here or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <clears throat> or both of us get to Japan to go watch this movie in theaters. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I got off on like a little soap opera box. So let's get to the point of actually like talking about anime. Sorry. <laughs> no it's okay i love it i could talk about this all day <laughs> it's just it, it it really is interesting it's confusing but i highly suggest that if you're gonna watch it watch it with somebody else because yes. you're gonna need to talk about yes. it it's not yeah. something you should take in by yourself you're gonna have to <laughs> bounce off somebody to try to figure out what's yeah, going absolutely. on absolutely because honestly the more we talk about it i'm like the more I'm like, oh, okay, wait a second. This is probably actually like a really dope movie. There are a lot of aspects to this yeah. that you can't really just take at face value, especially, I'm just say this, like recently we have been watching more anime movies, like not Studio Ghibli, but like the other stuff, like Your Name and things like that. I want to watch Weather Weathering with you because mm. it's from the same creators, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> like, <Nice>. but <laughs> the thing is with, anime movies a lot of times you can take them at face value mm -hmm. like they tell you mm -hmm. what they mean they're not very cryptic for the most part so akira is not that akira is from a different generation it yeah. is very cryptic you have to like dissect it you have to really take it in chunks you really have to yeah, look at how the pieces forward. make up the whole because if you take it at face value you're gonna watch it and be like why would anybody mm -hmm. tell me to watch this mm -hmm. right I'm so confused <laughs> Start questioning who your friends I are. <laughs> right? Like, should I trust you? Because I don't know if you really watch anime, homie. Right. This is good. Like, yeah. no. Like, like, yeah, me thinking like, am I taking drugs or something? Like, what is Honestly, going on? It feels like it's, it feels like, especially when he starts when Tetsuo starts hallucinating. You really look at the other person like, am I on drugs? Is he on drugs? Are we on drugs? Are we on drugs? Are we on drugs? <laughs> like, what's going on? What's going on? Should, should I be on drugs? Should I? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I, oh, speaking of drugs, I, and I'm, I'm just kind of all over the place, but it's like at the, towards the end when Tetsuo was like, hey, I need the medicine because this is getting out of control and he recognizes his limitations and he's about to lose like everything it's like that is so crazy because like do you know how messed up you have to be to ask somebody for like in industry level psychotic drugs when they've been doing test experiments on you and have like legitimately ruined your life and so you've been going on this revenge trip yeah. but then like turn to that same person that you've been trying to escape and trying to destroy and be like hey right. I, I need the help. medicine you gave me like that is a very yeah. huge deal you know and then he's like hey if you come back to the yeah. lab he's like oh, false I'm not I'm not gonna do that but like you can bring the drugs to me that doesn't happen either <laughs> but you know <laughs> But then it also makes you yeah. think if he's that at that point to ask for it, and then he's like, "No, I'm not going back." It's like you really don't know what was going on behind closed doors because, like, that is terrifying to have that much power and to still be afraid of going, going back. back yes, know? to still even have fear at all. It's it, it shows how much about he's still a kid. He's still a human, you know. If he's even experiencing that kind of fear and wanting help, mm -hmm. yeah. And I felt like that is something that was actually really, really well done just from like a writing standpoint in this movie. It's just that 
no matter what, at the end of the day, all of the, the characters are just children. And I like how the yeah. even the colonel stayed true to his character. Like I like he knew the truth mm-hmm. of what was going on. And so he chose like really the the colonel was the one who was like on the side of the pol- the politics because he was like I'm going to play by the rules I'm going to do what I'm told I'm just a soldier and soldiers yeah. follow orders. orders however when it got to a point of public safety and he knew what was going on and he knew that the politicians were just trying to play the politicians game and it was going to cause yeah. a mass upright then even though he's just a soldier who follows order he's like nah I'm in charge now. now. And then it's like he essentially in that moment became a part of the revolution, whether for the good or for the worse. It's like he made a choice to be like, I'm going to protect people because my duty as a soldier is to protect people, not to protect your policies. Yeah. You know? And I also love how they show that the military, like people are loyal to actions not people and the colonel with his actions has shown that he is more capable of being a leader than the the politician and the councils and that's why his soldiers followed him because it wasn't even like a giant fight there was no mutiny within the soldiers ranks he was like i'm in charge they were like okay yep i follow you and they just turned just like that just like that it was like half a second Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like that's very powerful because it's just like you have to really think about in situations like this, who you can trust. Because it would have been easy for the colonel to have a whole inner monologue, like, can I do this? Should I do this? This isn't what a soldier does. It's like, no, at the end of the day, he's a good man who became a soldier. And that's how he got to the point that he's at. And his character, I feel like, even though we don't see a whole lot of him and his actions necessarily, the way that the other people respond to him shows more about his character than anything that the author could have actually told us you know and i feel like that was really well done because it would have been really easy to just make a stock soldier and the story would have gone completely differently so i just appreciated that but y'all know if y'all listen to the podcast i really like multi-level characters with depth and not necessarily all right and not necessarily all wrong and akira is like (laughs) a gold mine for characters like that because all of them have questionable aspects to them except for Kay. I didn't like her her character was kind of stock but other than that like everybody else had a lot of depth to them. Yeah. Kay was just the girl the pretty girl and the revolutionary who brought Kay to end and then she was like later used but like you don't really know a lot about Kay you don't know why she's in the revolutionary revolutionary army you don't know why she's doing what she's doing you don't know anything about her she's literally just the pretty girl who gets Kaneda sucked into a bigger bigger picture but I, huh the case hello you said except for except for Okay, everyone had depth except for Kay. She felt like a device to get Kaneda into the revolution and a way to get him in to save Tetsuo. So yeah, I did feel like, like you were saying, um, she was the only one who didn't really feel developed. She was just, I'm in the revolution, so what's up? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she was a plot device. Yeah. I see that. Yes. In a way, even though she was only a plot device, I feel like that's kind of how life is. You know, you don't always know yeah. everything about everybody that you meet. Sometimes 
you just meet people and they drag you into something and then like they just help you get to the next step yeah they're just i'm not gonna say they're true but they're like you don't know everything about everybody some people are literally just like passing strangers even if you spend time with that stranger if you're not in a place to actually get to know them or talk with them then it's just like you can you can vibe with somebody or feel connected to somebody because you're in the same scenario situation and still know absolutely nothing about that person you know people Mm. do that work all the time like you can work with somebody for 20 years and not know a single thing about them not a single so true you know and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's kind of how it was with Kay and kaneda even though it was kind of like he wanted it to be more the reality of it was it's like they were literally strangers to each other yeah true I, I just thought it was funny when it, he was like, so do your uh, revolutionary friends know about us? Like, did you tell them about us? And she's like, what us? <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, I never knew. And she was like, what? Oh. <laughs> there is no us. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Disorienting for me was like, I could not really grasp the age groups because the revolutionaries, like that Ron guy, I was like, he seems like a full-fledged adult. Like, and she's a teenager. Right. It's like, are they dating? Is he just like a mentor? Like, what is his role in this besides just like telling her what to do? You know? Yeah. What is what are these two characters' relationship to each other like? Yeah. So yeah, it's just I'm not gonna say there's a lot of greatness, but from like a writing standpoint, as somebody who likes to break down stories and create stories, Akira is a really, really strong, well-written story. I will say that. I can't say whether yes. it's a bad movie because, like, it's confusing. It's very, very confusing. Like, so. it's something that you... It's not something you can just sit down and just watch and just be like, oh, yeah, it was a great movie. I fully understood everything the first time I watched it. It's like, no, you're going to have to sit down, let it marinate. Uh, yes. Research as you did. And be like, uh, Talk to somebody about it. Be like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm questioning everything about my life and everything that I know to be true. <laughs> Right, like it, it, it does throw you for a loop. I, but you know, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that I was introduced to it. You know, um, on this anime journey that you guys know so well, uh, it's it's just a really cool opportunity opportunity to be introduced to stories and perspectives um, that you might otherwise have never considered. So I'm 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 appreciative of you know my brother told me about it, and now I get to talk to you guys about it. Um, it's just another step toward um becoming a better storyteller i think as well um i feel like i learned a lot from the way that the story was told and i, I learned what definitely works for me as a storyteller <laughs> like, sure. i you know maybe i'm just not intellectual enough but uh uh trust me if you were intellectual enough <laughs> to go do research and then actually get answers to this <laughs> trust me there are the most people yeah. on the planet oh god oh I man was, i feel low-key dumb mm-hmm. not even gonna lie well you know what? I, you know what's, this might be kind of gross to say, but like I kind of love things where I feel a little bit stupid after. Like, oh man, like let me let me like, go learn something. You know, experience. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. Exactly. That's what I will say. Akira is an experience. It's not. It something is an experience. You, so something you it experience. is. Yeah, it's something that you you lay down afterwards with a, a nice meal, a com- some, some some sort of comfort food, heal heal yourself a little bit afterwards. 
Oh yeah, because... and have like a lighthearted <laughs> anime that you plan to watch afterwards, like something yes. cute and fluffy that has no deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. Something, something <laughs> very surface level. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like go on YouTube and Google Maple Town if you must. Like anything. <laughs> right? Like watch some like fluffy, I don't know, like I can't even think of anything fluffy. Like it just messed up my whole mindset. Yeah. <laughs> whole days thrown away. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like my roommate is a cat. Go watch that yeah. or something. Anything. You know? Or watch some food. So not isekai. We'll say food isekai. A food uh, anime. Food anime. <laughs> 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 you know, something that's going to make you like lighthearted because like yes. Akira will have you. Don't go to sleep on it. Like, and I'm not Please saying don't. like, don't sleep on it. I'm like literally saying don't watch don't it. Don't go to bed after. Go to bed. That's yeah. not Nightmares. a good idea. You have crazy dreams. Crazy. And you don't want to be like Tetsuo. His dreams were like. Nah. Like it was at a point in the movie where I was like, "Is this really happening, or is he hallucinating again?" Right. Like, like it was like, "Oh no, no, this is real. This is actually it happening. happened. <laughs> this is your life now." You, oh my gosh, there's so much to say about it. Like the transformation, the I know that you already gave a spoiler warning, but I guess I'll say it again: the reemergence of Akira. Like, what? The jars? There's so much. What are we doing? This is honestly one movie that I would like to see like remade, but kind of like not necessarily updated, but kind of like if the author could, I don't know if the author's still alive. Is the author still alive? I believe so. Yes. Uh, uh, Katsuhiro Tomo still is alive. He did an interview because they were, uh, what, what, what were they going to do? He's 65, but they were okay. going to do... Oh, actually, Taika Waititi was um, tapped to direct a live-action version of this movie, but then he's he's not doing it anymore. Yeah, you're like, no, I don't want it. Don't want. I it. don't <laughs> want a live action. I to be clear, I never in a million years want a live action of a cartoon. Why do I need a live action of a cartoon? We already I have, have the cartoon. Like, we have the cartoon. Yeah. Why do I need perfect. actors in it? And why do you have to retell the story with actual people? It was great as a cartoon, and you know what you Amen. can do with cartoons animate things that aren't real so yeah. like yes without yes. crappy visual effects like yes no you don't need it takes to you out anything. of it you can animate it in such a way that it looks like it belongs in that world whereas when you try to like animate these things in the real world it's just like it doesn't work that way yeah and it looks yeah and it looks i fake. agree i mean but um i don't want to see somebody's realistic <laughs> guts come out on my screen that's just <laughs> right <But> like <laughs> right. what i want is kind of like a retelling of the story but kind of like in the modern era so like obviously we're in 2020 now so not necessarily saying going another 35 years in the future but like retelling the story with the actual updates you know things that are outdated so like first of all get rid of the shoulder pads on the shoulder pads I love how much that ruined it for you. <laughs> it didn't ruin it. It was just like it was such a. It was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's just, I immediately. I noticed it immediately. Yeah. And she's the only yeah. anchor reporter is the only woman in the entire show who wears shoulder pads because that was the height of the fashion in the eighties. Yeah, and it was like look. that was the look. And like shoulder pads, I don't know if y'all know this, but shoulder pads are like expensive. That's not just something you go pick up i don't know if that's just because like nobody wears them anymore and so they had to raise the price so that when you do buy it it's just like oh we're needing to make some money off of this right but, like at the time like you were like really doing something if you wore shoulder pads and so it's just like 
for her to be the only one in the entire movie to be wearing them and it's just it, like i said it's just such 80s and it, it is just, like this is 2019 and it was just hilarious to me it wasn't even it wasn't didn't ruin it it was just like wow yeah. You know, those are the little things that you miss when mm-hmm. you try to tell a story about something in the future. And for me, it's like if I ever write something that's located in the future, I'm just going to completely like screw up the fashion <laughs> just because like, I don't know. What's Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. <clears throat> like some things come back around. Some things stay. Shoulder pads have never come back into fashion. Like, thank God. Ever. No, that's <laughs> like, one loop I don't think we'll ever make. No. So. I just, I I liked it. I I enjoyed it and stuff like little stuff like that is what gets me. But like, if they redo it, I would want to see it like, like I said, like updated. You know, yeah. With uh, like the motorcycle, I will say this: his bike was really cool. I would want to leave his bike the way it was. His bike was cool. Yes, iconic. It's iconic, right? Yes. So good. And it's just like I can see why people want his bike in real life. But what I didn't get was like. I also like how his bike sort of symbolizes how, like Tetsuo's obsession with Kaneda and being better than him because yes. Kaneda loved his bike and he's just like, you can't handle my bike. I'm the only one who can handle it. And even when Tetsuo steals it, it's just like, you're still not on his level. Even though you have these psychic yeah. powers now, even though yeah. you have the girl, even though you have all of this in your mind, you're still less than Kaneda. And that physical representation is the fact that you still cannot drive this bike nope. and even at the end you still don't have this bike it's completely still. busted at this point but oh my god it's, it's true. Like, that's a good point i never, i didn't think about it like that he's yeah. constantly in competition with his best friend and how toxic is that yeah. <laughs> and the thing is it's like and it, what makes it so sad it's just like he's not even a competition because kaneda is like legitimately his friend and yeah. he doesn't think less of him it's just a thing of like he sees himself that way so his inferiority complex is literally self-imposed because yep. from what i can tell from the movie Kaneda never did anything to make him feel less than like he was his friend he went after him like when they were in the game he's like where's Tetsuo where's Tetsuo we gotta find yep. him Tetsuo don't yep. do that that's dangerous the only yep. time that he like really put down Tetsuo he's like nah you can't handle my bike and yeah. I just feel like that was more like friendly teasing like yeah it was friendly teasing and it was also it was like hey this bike is made for me yeah it's like it's specifically my bike and that's how it is yeah. with your stuff in real life if so yeah. If you have something and it's yours and you know how to use it, first of all, you don't want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing using your stuff because they tend to like bleep it up. And then on top of that, it's just like, I have to watch you use my stuff because if you bleep it up, I'm going to be upset, but I also need to know what you did so that I can undo it. Yeah. And I just don't want to. So how about you use your stuff and I'll use my stuff and we'll just stay in our own lanes, especially if you don't know what you're doing. That's like for me, and maybe I'm just ranting at this point, but I'm a rant because mm. I can do that because I'm an adult. <laughs> you're a ranter. It's just like when people come to your house and they stay with you and they want to cook in your kitchen and then they don't know how to use your kitchen tools. They don't know how you keep your kitchen. They don't know how to clean up after themselves. And they just like completely wreck your stuff. And they just expect it to be okay. But then when they come back the second time, they're like, oh, I can cook. And you're just like, no. No. <laughs> no. I got this. Please what do you want? You yep. hungry? You want eggs? You want bacon? You want a cake? You want a, yep. a whole whole turkey dinner? I got you. Just don't, don't, don't go in my kitchen. Don't, don't touch my stuff. My because... Mm-hmm. 
personal experience, and I could say this because I know my best friend doesn't listen to the podcast, but she came to my house and she made brownies. And then, like, I'm the type of person where I'm just like, yo, there are instructions on the box. I don't bake, okay? Everything in my house that has to be baked comes with instructions. And I tested these instructions because I like to think that at one point in my life, I when I wanted to bake, I thought, oh, I can doctor this up. Nah. I can't. I know my limitations. Okay. I'm not a baker. Mm, Everything comes with instructions. So you know what's on the brownie box? Instructions. You know what she didn't do? Follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. (laughs) You know what she did? She proceeded to make the worst brownies I've ever had because it was like soup. The brownies, like brownie, brownie mix. For those of you listening to the podcast, I know most of you don't care because y'all watch anime. But again, I'm going to say this because I can. The brownie box, they come with the three things that you put in the brownies. You put egg, oil, and water that's it they're not hard instructions she goes into my kitchen she adds milk she adds like three eggs she adds like cinnamon she adds like all this other stuff and i'm just like what are you doing she's like no i got this they're gonna be great they're gonna be great and then like she puts them in the oven for like two hours and they never solidify and then so she starts to cut them with a knife and it's just like goo it's just like oh you have to spoon it out it's like fudge and i'm like i'm not gonna eat that that's no. how you die. <laughs> and then she got chocolate all over my black splash, all over my apron. I still have stains on my apron from the, that brownies. And how, how you get how you get chocolate underneath the cabinets? And she like, got it under the cabinets. Like, what are you oh doing? No. And then oh no. the thing is, I knew it was wrong because then you proceeded to get out my hand mixer to make brownies. I'm sorry, unless you're making brownies from scratch, why do you need a hand mixer? It sounds absolutely nuts. So I say all that to say that. I understand Canada when he was like, yeah. home, you can't use my bike. No, just no. Makes sense to me, honestly. Yeah. So that was kind of a roundabout way, but that kind of still gets under my skin sometimes. Cause I'm just like, why couldn't you just follow the instructions? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Don't touch my bike. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that oh, God. It wasn't. You didn't have to do something. You just had to not do to- something. And that's the yeah. thing. It's like the easiest instruction. The only instruction was don't. Just you can just stop there. No, don't, don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, all these are one-word instructions. <laughs> but he couldn't follow them. No, but all this is to say that again, if you haven't seen Akira, I would actually say go watch it. But I would say with that, there are a couple of caveats. One, don't watch it by yourself. Two. I would suggest watching it while it's daytime outside because there's some really creepy stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yes, there Three, is. Yep. I would not try plan to do anything after you watch it because you're going to need time to process. But four, don't go to sleep on it. Like, don't watch a cure and go to sleep. Have a buffer, mm. anime, TV yes. show, book, mm-hmm. snack, YouTube, something. something. Yeah, you're going to need to cleanse your palate a little bit. <laughs> you're after you get cleanse done. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so. Those, those are my, my four rules for watching Akira. Take them at your own risk. Now, if you don't follow those rules and it messes up your mind, that's not my fault. I tried to warn you. It's all on you. It's all there on you. Go. But, um, is that it? Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, LaCase, do you have anything else you want to add about Akira? Oh, um, yeah, just, I don't know, give, your, give it a chance. Branch out a little bit follow their advice and have something delicious uh whether it be a book a meal or a movie afterwards and uh yeah yeah show your eyes yeah, you love. might need a hug yeah <laughs> and keep your drugs your away <laughs> do not watch this while you're high that is such a bad you, idea you don't 
me. That's the crazy thing about it. You don't need <laughs> any kind of booster to get there <laughs> when you watch it. Mm-mm. So, yeah, definitely enjoy. Yeah. yeah. But that is it, you guys, for this episode of I'd Rather Anime. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and make sure to follow and tweet at us on Twitter at I'd Rather Anime. We know you can be doing other things, but we're glad you decided to anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. Side note, we will also leave links if you enjoyed the case on the podcast. Make sure you go follow her too because she's awesome. Okay, that's it for real this time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, uh, since we're done, can we go watch some anime now? <laughs>